0: You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear and my guest is Michelle King, head of marketing at Warracle. Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. Great to be here today.
0: You are very welcome. So tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career.
1: I guess there's quite a few, but probably the main one is when I got the opportunity to join Microsoft quite early in my career as a marketer. So I'd never worked in tech before, so it was kind of straight in at the deep end. And I learned so much when I was there I met so many great people. So I guess that was probably quite a big one for me. I was also there when Microsoft Teams launched as well, which was quite exciting. So mm. it's interesting when I do go on calls with people now and ask if they ask me if I've used Microsoft Teams and like yeah funnily enough so but yeah no that's probably the, the sort of biggest thing for me in terms of my career was was my time there which was mm-hmm.
0: great wow that's really cool you worked for one yeah. of the original tech giants yeah pretty yeah. interesting yeah was there definitely. any was there anything from that experience like any moment that really stands out to you
1: you know there was quite a few things i think probably we one of the things that I was kind of involved in was organizing a big community event. So it was for the kind of tech community in Scotland. So that was about a thousand people organizing a Microsoft day, kind of burn supper, which is a kind of big thing in Scotland. So that was probably the, the kind of biggest thing I would say, getting that community together. And it was obviously a big thing for a brand perspective as well and networking perspective. So I did two of those whilst I was there, which, which went really well. So, yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. Do you ever yeah. get to meet Bill Gates?
1: No, he was actually in town once, funnily enough, when we had the Microsoft uh, Burns up and running, but yeah, he declined our invitation, unfortunately, to attend. Ah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, well,
0: too bad. Okay. I know. So, well, now, now you're at Waracle. So, tell us yeah. a little bit about Waracle.
1: So Oracle are an app development and digital digital solutions agency based in the UK. So we work with health and financial services clients kind of throughout the world, I would say, not just in the UK. And we work with them to build end-to-end solutions, digital solutions that obviously help their end users. So that's kind of how we operate. And we're, we're about 300 people at the moment, expanding quite quickly, but yeah, we're yeah, we're, we're we're scaling up at the moment. It's, it's it's a growth period for us, so quite an exciting time.
0: Okay, very cool. Before too long, yeah. you'll be as big as Microsoft, probably. Yeah,
1: maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll see. <laughs> Who
0: knows? Who knows? Yeah, now you never know. Okay, so now I know that you guys are in a pretty crowded market. Yes. A lot of competitors out there all around the world, and yeah. when we spoke earlier to prepare for the interview. I was asking, well, okay, how do you handle that? You know, how do you, how do you deal with, how do you cut through all that noise? And I know that one of your strategies is hyper targeting leads. So first, what does that mean?
1: So hyper targeting is not a kind of broad targeting approach. So we are looking at a specific audience. I think with where, well the industries that we work in, which are healthcare and financial services, they're quite different. So we need to look at who our kind of target targets are within those industries and ensure that, you know, what we're what we're putting in front of them is aligned to kind of their language, their kind of, you know, the messaging that would relate to them and stuff like that. So I think it, it's not that kind of broad go to market. market. you know, wide, you know, wide scale kind of brand awareness. It's more niche where we are. We are looking to get in front of these kind of key people. And it's, it's more of a kind of, you know, personalized approach, I would say, rather than that kind of broad approach.
0: Okay. So can you give me an example of when you're looking at the landscape, how do you identify a lead that you think is a good target? Like, what are you looking for exactly?
1: Yeah. So I guess it is. There's a lot of demographics. I think if they're a decision maker is quite a key one. It's not normally just one decision maker now. There's normally a, it could be a team of them. So and it's not traditionally like traditionally it's been your kind of your CTO or CIO. But there's bigger teams involved now. There's you know project teams involved. There's marketing even marketing people involved in some of these kind of decision making um decision making things for projects. So yeah, I think it's just yeah, it's it's you know. Who they are, kind of who they are, you know, in the organization of their decision maker and also, you know, you know, what their kind of interests are and stuff like that as well. So and what, what they're kind of focused on. So.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and how do you how do you know that? How do you learn about specific people and what their interests are and what might work in terms of engaging them?
1: Yeah, so we do a lot of work in the background, persona kind of development is a big one. You know, we really want to know what these people are up to, where they're sitting, how they want to to be communicated to. So even things like events they're attending, you know, publications they're reading, that kind of thing. We do a lot of social listening as well. So we will be following these people on on social, particularly on LinkedIn, and we will be looking at, you know, what, what articles they're reading, what are they sharing, what are they talking about? and you know how we can maybe relate back to that in terms of what we offer and then you know try and target them with some kind of form of content or conversation in front of them that relates Mm -hmm. back to what what maybe they're talking about at the moment and also what their kind of key challenges are as well because they do tend to sometimes talk about those on on that that kind of social platform as well so
0: Mm -hmm. okay and once you've identified a a lead that you think is promising how do you reach out how do you attempt to engage them and to what extent do you do you personalize the outreach
1: yeah so i guess in terms of that set of things we do we do some paid some paid some paid activity so we use linkedin campaign campaign manager quite often as well for some of that stuff we because in obviously in that kind of in that platform you can put your audience in and then you can kind of narrow it down down in terms of who you want to target and who you want that message to get in front of so i guess that's that's a big way to get in front of them but i guess as well it's like you know as i said you know if they're attending an event we need to be visible there so they they can see our brand and they know that we're there and stuff like that and things like publications you know is there anything you know that they're particularly reading that's relevant in their industry we need to be visible in that so it's all about kind of visibility in front of those key kind of targets through different channels social page the events the pr side of things as well so it's you need to be kind of visible but consistently visible so it's not just a one-off you know you're you're showing up in their feeds and linkedin consistently you know you're at the events they're they're at consistently and so on and so Mm -hmm. forth so
0: so Now, obviously, this technique has been effective because, as you mentioned before, you guys are growing. Yeah. Why is hyper-targeting effective?
1: So you're kind of reaching, obviously, your core market with the kind of right message at the right time in the right place. So I think that's probably why it's quite effective. And also, it's a brand awareness piece, but also a sales piece at the same time. You're not doing one or the other. So you're kind of, you know, giving that brand awareness to them by getting visibility in front of them. But there's also some kind of, you know, sales meshing in there as well, where you're kind of wanting them to come and talk to us or, you, you know, you want them to find out about what we do and what we can offer and stuff like that. So there's that side of things. And I think it's also important with the kind of the targeting that you kind of show a bit of personality as well. So it's, as you said, it's a crowded market. So you do need to show your kind of personality to stand out within that market. So I think another thing as well is kind of strong visuals and a strong title. So, you know, if it's a piece of content, it needs to be something that stands out from the crowds and something that captures their attention. So something educational, if it's content wise and or something, you know, that addresses their challenges are the two things we kind of look at to kind of grab their attention. So. So how we
0: do it. Mm-hmm. you know when when people reach out to me trying to you know sell me something or get my time yeah it, it's always pretty clear to me whether they've they've spent a little time actually looking at who I am and like yeah. what we do you know or or not and if yeah. not it's so obvious right it just seems very generic or they're kind of pitching something that makes no sense for me and so of course I don't engage I don't respond yeah. but if it is pretty clear that they've actually done a little homework and are appealing more directly to me on the one hand, just from like a, you know, if it's something that I'm actually happen to be interested in the moment that I might respond, but it's also just kind of like a bit of an ego stroke. Like, Oh, these people kind of get me and they actually seem to understand. And maybe they want to learn something. I mean, does that sound, does that factor into what you guys are yes,
1: doing as well goes, yeah it goes back to the personaliz- personalization piece you know like you know you want to receive something that it's, it's building that emotional connection do you know what yeah. I mean? and building that i mean you need to like i think it, you know from a marketing perspective it's the same i think of it from the same kind of perspective you know i'm going out looking for answers to maybe a challenge i have or i want to be educated about more something in marketing so i'll look for something that really i can resonate with that i can you know or something that's got that's capturing that kind of emotional connection and that's kind of where I will that will kind of gain my attention so I'm thinking about that from the same level in terms of what we're doing as well so what's capturing that attention you know storytelling comes into it as well the storytelling piece is quite important i think from that side of things you know people like a story so i think that's important on that side of things but yeah i think i think the personalization because people are kind of looking for a personalized experience so they are looking for that kind of b2c you know experience they get but now in b2b so it's that kind of how do you make it kind of hyper personalized for that particular particular person even just having your name on something as well is you know yep. you know it's, it's kind of, you know, that sort of thing can grab your attention, but yeah, you're right about, you know, done their back, background kind of, you know, due diligence on you. So it's like, oh, they have actually looked into what I do and stuff like that as well. Yeah.
0: And it's also sort of the, you know, the tone of the thing and like the vibe. I, I, I think it's just basic psychology that nobody wants to feel like they're a target of something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. oh, I'm a prospect and I'm clearly being targeted here by, you know, by this person or by this company. But if it's if it's done artfully and it and it the the outreach or the communication does kind of forge like an emotional connection, then even yeah. if on some level you know like, okay, I you know, I get it. I am they are targeting me as a prospect, but their outreach seems genuine.
1: Yeah. And it seems yeah. like,
0: oh, there's not only that there's value here for me, but it might actually be kind of fun and like worthwhile just to engage to see what happens.
1: Yeah, It feels to me
0: more and more like that's a big part of it. Like this won't be, we're not going to pressure you. Like this isn't going to be, this isn't going to be like an uncomfortable interaction. It'll kind of be fun. Like you might enjoy it. I think that's kind of key, but really hard to do.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think, Sometimes we will try too hard as well, and then it just doesn't yeah. comes across as disingenuous. And then you know you're instantly like not you know it goes in the vendor. you know what I mean. You're not in, you don't engage yeah. with it. So it's again it's like putting across the brand personality as well. So we're we're it's that human side of it, not just like you know we're trying to sell you something. There's the human side. We are people as well. Do you know what I mean? So I guess yep. the stuff from my perspective that catches my attention in the kind of marketing world is maybe the kind of tongue-in-cheek stuff which maybe doesn't work in every market but you know if there's a a title that's a you know a little bit kind of tongue-in-cheek you know it maybe catches my attention but yes how do you you know do that for financial services and digital health you know what i mean how do you capture yeah it's difficult it is difficult but again i just i think for me the brand authenticity thing is key um because people can see right through that you know if you're not authentic and you're trying to be something you're not it just doesn't work. So people, people can't engage with it. They can't relate to it. They can't, you know, you can't build that kind of connection with, with the audience. So
0: yeah, it really just doesn't work. Now to shift gears for a second. You guys have a podcast, correct?
1: We do. Yes, we do. Okay. So
0: tell us a little bit about that. What is the podcast and what's it about?
1: So the podcast, it's only had one season so far, but the podcast, it kind of started from a lot of kind of great conversations that were happening internally within the business around trends and news that were happening in financial services and health. And we thought, why don't we, you know, share this externally? There's all these great conversations going on. You know, I think, you know, this is some of the stuff that the external or external audience are talking about. So how do we, you know, get that out there get them engaged so we want to build that kind of conversation with that external audience we want them to be engaged in it we want them to even drive the topics we're going to be talking about you know what i mean we want them to be engaged so Mm -hmm. it kind of stems from that and the two people that host it one is our product and kind of strategy lead and then our lead consultant as well so they're they've got quite a big history in financial services and digital health so they're constantly talking about you know that the news and trends and what's going on in that market so it works quite well for our kind of external audience but i think yeah, it's it's that kind of, not everyone wants to just read a piece of content. You want something that's a bit more engaging. And I think bringing the podcast brings that to the table. So we've obviously got the we've got the video option, but then audio option as well. So, because people like to, you know, digest, digest that in different ways. But I think... The season one was very much just you know we had internal people you know coming in and then we're interviewed and we're talking about trends and topics and we had some of our experts on within the business but I think for season two going forward we are going to obviously engage more of the external market and try and drive that kind of following and engagement from the external kind of external mm-hmm. audience and get them engaged and drive that you know what we're going to be talking about will be driven by who's listening basically or who's watching so
0: Right. Very cool. Yeah. What's the podcast called?
1: Life Made Mobile Podcast.
0: Okay. Very yeah. good. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Perfect. Now, what about the medium of podcasting do you think is particularly engaging?
1: I think it's because it's more conversational. Like I said, if you've got, you know, a piece of content, you're just reading it, it's, you know, one person's perspective, sometimes too, depending if it's a Q&A or whatever. But I think it's that whole conversational, it feels a bit more laid back, I would say, rather than maybe a written piece of content. And I feel like people can really kind of engage and, you know, they want to listen in and they want to hear what's kind of, you know, people's opinions and views on what's going on in the markets, particularly that we work in. They want to kind of hear, you know, what our thoughts are and that sort of things. And I think, yeah, I think it's just, it's that kind of more, Engaging piece where people can you know listen and and even like i said drive the drive the topics and and get involved in that side of things become guests, come onto the podcast and stuff like that as well
0: mm-hmm. I mean one thing I like about podcasts is it's just real people talking yeah. using their actual real voices you know like yeah. there's not it doesn't it seems real it's not fake yeah
1: it's authentic like we say like it's a, it's an authentic mm-hmm. you know it's an authentic piece you know it's people are giving their real opinions it's you know it's not it's not necessarily branded up if you know what i mean so it's not you're mm-hmm. not it's not that kind of salesy kind of like do you know what i mean it's the kind of real people talking about real topics and yeah it's it's yeah i would say it's more of that kind of educational story kind of telling piece that yeah. kind of does drive that attention so
0: yeah and it, it's capturing an actual conversation kind of in yeah. real time, even though it's yeah. recorded, but still the conversation at, at at its best yeah a conversation like that can is kind of spontaneous, and two people yeah. really exploring something with and with interest and passion it could be yeah. be pretty good content.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And yeah, as I said, like people like to engage with it in different ways. I tend to like listen to the audio podcast more than watch the video ones, but you know, it just everyone's got their kind of own way of digesting the information. So
0: Yeah. What would be your advice to marketing teams that maybe are thinking about thinking about doing the podcast but they're not sure if it's worth it
1: just start and try it we, we were talking about it for a while and I said let's just try it and see do you know what I mean a lot of the stuff we do in marketing pretty much all of the stuff we do in marketing is test and trial do you know what I mean so I think it, it isn't obviously something that's an instant you know you're not going to get instant following you're not going to get instant listeners it's a bit of a slow burn but I think it is worthwhile trying it and see how it goes and testing it out because I think A lot of the time we talk about stuff in marketing, but we never actually get to the execution point. So there's a lot of ideas that fly around. So I think it's just getting it going. And just, we run it in seasons. So we do like five or six episodes and then we have a pause and then we'll do, you know, the second season. So you're not pressured to put out a podcast every single week. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like have that seasonal seasonal kind of piece where it's like season one, season two. And then it just, it makes Mm -hmm. it easier as well because there's a lot of pressure if you're doing it once a week, you know, to get guests on or have relevant stuff to talk about. It's, you know, just run it in seasons and see how it goes and yeah. then take it from there. I think so.
0: Well, it sounds like you're getting value from the podcast since you're moving on to season two.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And it's exciting because we're hopefully going to get some uh, external guests on as well on that side of things. So it should be good.
0: Okay. Very cool. And and as I mentioned, we'll put a link to the podcast in the show notes. So listeners definitely check it out. Okay. Well, awesome. Sounds like you guys have a lot going on. Yeah. A lot of exciting growth. So congratulations on all that. And thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: That's it for this episode of the B2B content show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at That's c-o-n-n-versa.com. The B2B content show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting.